0: The following is brought to you by The Social Suplex Podcast Network.
1: Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv The biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world! Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.
2: Finally, are you! me on the switch baby you you and especially you austin 316 says i just whipped your ass
1: goodbye write it down you like writing things down i am your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast i am omega 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 the omega
2: luke wrestling podcast
1: that is right guys i am your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast and today i am being joined by another patreon member Another member of the Omega Club, you will find her through Villainous Havoc on Twitter. She loves a bad guy, it is Courtney Summers. I'm delighted to bring Courtney on today for my Wrestle Kingdom special episode. She is a Patreon member, like I said, at the Omega tier, which means she can come on and pick a topic to discuss of her choosing, and she's picked an absolute corker. One of her favorite wrestlers is Killer Cross, so today we are going to discuss how we would bring him into the insane world of New Japan, a little bit of fantasy book in there, great choice Courtney, as well as preview this year's Wrestle Kingdom. So this is going to be a lot of fun, Courtney is incredible part of the wrestling community on Twitter, I love interacting with her already, and I think you're all going to enjoy her on the Omega Luke Wrestling Podcast for the first time. But to join me yourself on the podcast like Courtney, like JPQ on Monday, you simply go to patreon.com forward slash Omega Luke where you can pledge to become part of the Omega Club just like those two have where you will receive a lot of rewards including extra content, early access to the interviews I do and of course joining me on the podcast as well. Speaking of early access to interviews, I very recently interviewed Jazz, former WWE and WWF Women's Champion and current NWA Champion and that will be available on the Patreon page for Patreons only as an early access reward today. So let's get this thing started then, over to me and Courtney.
0: What's happening wrestling fans, I'm Chuck Mambo, gnarliest wrestler in the world, telling you to subscribe to the Omega Luke
1: Wrestling Podcast. A massive welcome to her first appearance on Omega Luke. She is the Twitter advocate of Killer Cross. A J-weight kind of girl. And I am very proud to say that she is also part of the Omega Club on Patreon at the highest tier, the Omega tier. It is Courtney Summers, a.k.a. at Havoc on Twitter. Courtney, how are you doing my friend
0: i'm doing fabulous had an amazing christmas week um i hope yours was awesome as well
1: it was brilliant thank you very much for for asking i'm glad you had a good christmas um this episode we are recording this uh, a week before wrestle kingdom um i'm very excited and this is going to be my wrestle kingdom special so i'm very glad to have you on i think you've picked pretty much a perfect topic and discussion, really, to uh, to talk about for a Wrestle Kingdom special. It's great to have you on here. I'm a big fan of your Twitter. Um, you are rather entertaining and quite influential in the wrestling community. So I was over the moon when you pledged to my Patreon to choose your own topic to come on and discuss on Omega Luke. You did tease that maybe that the fantasy book and title will look a bit more tasty in the future. But today you've picked an awesome subject and at a perfect time wouldn't you agree yes i would agree so today we are going to be sort of fantasy booking and discussing how we would introduce killer cross into the new japan roster as well as how we would also book jay white going forward so i'm a big fan of jay white i met jay white myself um this summer lovely bloke actually considering uh, his character, so that was that was very that was very pleasing. Have you ever met any of these two?
0: Um, I haven't met Jay. It's a life goal. It's a mission because I love him. Yeah. I am legit jealous of his heel heat. The fact that he had those Japanese fans who were normally so quiet and respect respectable, almost at riot status during the G one. was just amazing I'm sitting there watching this guy who's 25 26 years old and already has that crowd just in the palm of his hand like he just knows all he has to do is give one look or one do one thing and that's it they're in an uproar
1: definitely and I I think it helped that he defeated Tanahashi and Okada sort of by cheating in his first two matches that definitely got the heat on him didn't it
0: Yeah, it did. That was amazing. I'm sitting at home and actually over the past couple of weeks, I actually went and relived his entire 2018 on World. And you can really see from the beginning of this year where he was, you know, probably feeling a little bit of the pressure on, you know, the inside from having to take this mantle upon him of the new Front runner that they're trying to put up, yeah. You know, to see him transform into this young man who is confident in his skin and who, who knows who he is and what he's supposed to be as a character. It, it's really a cool process to get to see, and I was just delighted just watching this the other night, just seeing you know the transformation, and it really did take place around San Francisco G one time, yeah is really when you saw, you know, the light bulb flicker on in his head and he kind of figure out, he kind of figured out where he needed to go as far as character and as far as maybe even, you know, personally as well because I remember earlier this year a lot of the twitter stuff was vicious that he was probably having to deal with. Yeah. And you know, just to see him be able to move past that was great because a lot of younger people, you know, wouldn't be able to handle the kind of pressure that he's under so you know for me it's a lot more of a respect thing with jay because he is so young and just doing so well and knocking it out of the park
1: yeah definitely because you gotta remember as well like it was only a year ago that he came back to new japan um from his excursion in america with ring of honor he was a young boy before that uh, we see him when we look back at old clips on the New Japan world, you see him in the background. It's very weird to see that guy now um, with the Jay White that we know and love now as as a switchblade. The the knife pervert, as a lot of people like to call him. <laughs> um, I, I think it's, it's amazing, really, how a year later he is against Okada in one of, I'd say, the main events of Wrestle Kingdom. Because, to be fair, every match at Wrestle Kingdom now is an unmissable match. So you have to really sort of decipher um, your your main events, and we know obviously Okada, uh, Omega versus Tanahashi is going to be the main event for the title like they normally have. But I could, I think this match will be um, the second to end match, um, and it's amazing to see how far and how fast he's come um, in that year from in being introduced with those videos, um, sort of tormenting Tanahashi a year ago.
0: Yeah. And you know just a year back from excursion and just what he has done in a year it's probably almost not even heard of. Yeah. Y- you know like you're already facing you know the who was the ace of New Japan for 4 years or so you know in Okada. Yeah. You know in in any match with Okada in it in my eyes, is a main event instantaneously just because is in it. So I definitely agree with your sentiment there. And this year, the card is just stacked from, you know, like, there is no chance for you to go get that morning extra cup of coffee you're going to need at 5 o'clock in the morning if you're in the U.S. Yeah, You know, like, there's going to be no time. Just it's going to be this... Like, I have titled Wrestle Kingdom Day Wrestling Christmas... Like, wrestling fans, like, we get our Christmas a few days later yeah, in this Wrestle Kingdom.
2: Yeah.
3: Because
0: this year's card is just so phenomenal from top to bottom. And just the level of talent that is there in New Japan right now is just beyond me. Yeah. You know, like, I've looked at 2018, the year of wrestling as a whole, And I just keep sitting here like that little kid in the back of the car after the dentist appointment. Like, is this real life? Is this really going on? Do we have, you know, a potential of a new federation starting with all elite wrestling? You know, what happened with all in everything with the rise of New Japan? It's just we are blessed as wrestling fans at this point.
1: (laughs) Not to mention that G1. I mean, this is the first G1 that I've managed to watch from the beginning to the end. Um, I think I've said quite a few times on here, I only really got back into wrestling sort of 18 months ago. Uh, I caught matches of last year's G1 because um, New Japan was sort of the first company that got me back into wrestling. So this year, um, the G1 this year is my first G1 from start to end and it was, it sort of took over my life, I must admit. You know, the, it, it was like four days a week, four hours a day. I loved it.
0: Yeah, the G1 basically turned my husband into a widower during the G1 because <laughs> I was up that early, messed up my sleep cycle, and it still hasn't gotten back to normal because I'm friends with people in the UK and Europe. I'm friends with people in Japan. So now a third of my body clock lives in in Tokyo, New Orleans, and – um. London now, yeah. So now you perpetually live asleep deprived, yeah, and just fueled by coffee.
1: I think I'm quite lucky, really. I'm sort of in the middle of these time zones. So if I uh, want to catch some New Japan, I have to get up for sort of about eight o'clock to watch it, and uh, if I want to watch some WWE, I've just got to stay up a little bit later. So it's not too bad as the UK, as much as the the UK people complain. Um, I'd much rather have it the way that we do rather than the way that you guys do. If you want to watch a new Japan show, there's no point you staying up late. You've got to get up early and very early. Yep. So let's talk then um, a little bit more about you. How long, Courtney, have you been a wrestling fan?
0: Since I was three years old and I still have this memory of being in my little onesie as like an almost three-year-old and seeing Macho Man, Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth get married and just remembering that epic moment of just the fairy tale and the glamour and everything and how beautiful Liz was and how just amazing Macho Man was. And ever since that moment, just wrestling clicked with me. And it's always been my first love in life. I've always loved it. No matter how much my mom would tell me, you know, like you're a girl, you don't need to be watching mm-hmm. this. You know, I was, I would always, you know, fight back harder and want to watch even more. Yeah. And what led me to Japanese wrestling is actually named Michi Matter Fuji from Japan. Who's now, who's Noah's ace, of course. And, I saw one of his matches when I was um, about eight years ago. Yeah. And I can't, I can't remember who it was. I'm thinking it may have, it may have been an old school Noah match from when he was really young. And I saw this wrestling and I said, Oh my gosh, I must have more of this. So I would just live off of a slow drip of whatever I could find on YouTube or wherever. And then when, New Japan World got started up. Oh, yeah. I was like a kid in a candy store.
1: So, Noah was like your first um, introduction into Japanese wrestling.
0: Yeah. And I just lived off the slow drip because, you know, they have no streaming service. And at this point, the way that we're getting our content here in the U.S. is by sharing Google Drive links, you know, streaming yeah. in rabbit rooms online, whatever we can do to get the content because, you know, like there was that big scandal all those
3: years ago with
0: noah and the japanese mob and
3: you know yeah
1: you know <laughs> yeah but, but I, I know what you mean and, and and i like what you said earlier about um your mum sort of saying you know you're a girl you shouldn't be watching wrestling since i got back into wrestling the last sort of um years at first it did take me to a shock of how many women are into wrestling and and love it and when now it's just become like a norm like if i write a tweet I'm more likely to get more tweets back from women like yourself, like Hisami and, and Amy on, on Twitter, um, who are lovers of wrestling. And I thought to myself about a year ago, I thought this is very strange because like, when I was growing up, no women in my class when um, at school or anything liked wrestling. And you know, my sister never got into it and stuff. But it sort of makes sense to me because wrestling, when people say to me, why do you like wrestling, you know, it's predetermined. And I think, well, yeah, it's like a soap opera, but we're fighting. It's violent uh, soap operas to me. So when people are watching uh, sitcoms like Friends and stuff, that's all predetermined. But this is storytelling with violence. So it makes sense to me that, women love wrestling just as much as men do and get into it just as much as men do because it's storytelling at the end of the day and I think it's amazing how many women are interested wrestling and people like yourself who are very vocal on Twitter and have great opinions of wrestling on Twitter and, and hopefully more women get interested. And It's great when I go to wrestling shows now and I see half the crowd are now women. It's great for me.
0: Yeah, and actually New Japan actually had a lot of press recently touting their success with women, how 40% of their audience is women and yeah. they are appealing to the women. And with all the handsome that new Japan provides with these rolling stone features, they did with Kenny and with Jay and with Tanahashi and those photo books, the infamous show and yo photo book that was made famous in the Jay white and interview with Alicia Toot.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, they, Are doing it right and they know that hey you know women we appreciate just as much as the men do you know when Uh when peter or miho come out all the men are going crazy you know so this is our chance as women to have a company that you know caters to us and you know caters to you guys at the same time you know like we both get with with New Japan in particular, I find it's more like Game of Thrones in a way because if you go back and you watch a lot of these storylines, you see the foreshadowing after the fact. Yeah. Now you see the different things like Tama Tonga hitting a version of the Blade Runner back all the way in San Francisco when the big betrayal took place. Like that was a little sign. Yeah. And women in particular, we love that stuff because that gets our minds working and it makes us think harder than you know here are just two guys in the ring that are just going to go at it just for the sake of violence you know yeah,
1: the long-term like storylines
0: yeah with omega and okada and how long it took him to win that belt and we all had our ugly cry moment <laughs> when you won that belt i remember i cried for a week because everybody was Kept, just kept posting that picture over and over again. Every time I'd see that picture with the bushy and the bucks and him, it would just make me get misty-eyed because
1: with happiness, with know, joy, or with sadness because of Okada losing with, it.
0: With with happiness because Kenny had worked so hard and busted his butt so hard for that title win. Yeah, and went through all that heartbreak and all that frustration of when he thought he had Okada last time but didn't. You know, it was just, it was kind of like that Odyssey type storyline. Get that payoff.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's the best thing about New Japan is where the, the booking, the storylines, the the, the slow sort of, the payoffs after such a long time, like the the Omega one. I think. Uh, Tetsi and Naito fans are still waiting for that day when Naito gets his his big payoff, and when he does, again, it's going to be an amazing thing. Um, but that's going to be over a course of you know a good three years of of Naito fans being um, with with Naito being as big as what he is now compared to Naito when he first won the uh, the IWGP belt. Um, so I I know exactly what you mean by that. The the long term storylines is definitely something. That I love about New Japan. What do you currently watch um, right now? Are you? Is it just New Japan are you into? Is it anything more J- Japanese wrestling um, or anything from the US or UK?
0: Um, UK definitely. I love Progress. I'll forever be an Ultra. I love that company. That company. I found them around 2013 because I was going through YouTube and just you know searching out cuz I'll do this I'll try to find you know different independent talent that you know maybe not a lot of people know of that are here yeah that are in Europe or in Japan or wherever they may be and I see this promo by this guy named Jimmy Havoc and Jimmy Havoc was my gateway drug into the United Kingdom independent wrestling scene And I would find out what companies he was with and I would get the pivot share service at one point in time. I had just to keep up with Jimmy's work. I had IPW ICW progress. It was out of control (laughs) because I was, I had felt that hard for the UK scene. It was everything that America was missing at that point. Yeah. Because at this, at this point, America wasn't as hot on the independent scene as the UK was. The UK was just on fire and yeah. it's still a raging inferno to this day. You know, it was underground. It was alternative. They used adult language. They didn't insult your intelligence. And it was, you know, things that you felt were age appropriate to how old you were. Cause at this point I'm in my mid twenties. So, you know, of course, you know I love alternative metal, punk music, and Progress in particular just pulled me in with their music choices and. That's perfect. Yeah. Their character, direction, and everything that they had. Um, also, I watch Impact, of course. Um, For one love certain their guy. Story
2: <laughs>
0: For. Yeah, and he's the reason why I ended up getting the ten dollar subscription service so I can still watch Impact. By yeah. the way, I even commented on his Instagram post. I was legitimately freaking out. Like I was sitting there thinking, I was thinking, no, like, no, uh-uh. this isn't how this works. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I watch Impact. I love Ring of Honor. I'm part of the crew of Honor Club girls, and we love. Matt Taven, we love the Kingdom
2: of course. Yep.
0: And New Japan, Noah, I'm getting more into Noah on the regular now because now I've got a you know a constant source of the content because that was a problem before.
3: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: You know with Noah anyway, and I love Noah for there's a few guys over there in particular that Hasami and Miriam helped me get into. Yohei, even though I'm kind of upset with him right now, <laughs> um, Hayata, and of course Marafuji, and you know it's just a great time and a joy to be a wrestling fan right now because there is so much content. Like I told my husband one day, I said, "You remember that episode of Being the Elite where they where the WWE supposedly kidnapped Hangman Page and they forced him to watch all the WWE Network stuff?" I said. At this point in time, with the amount of original wrestling content there is, you could probably do that to someone and try to show them every single hour and second of wrestling content. And even if you did that to them for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, they probably still wouldn't see all the wrestling that there is out there. No, That's how blessed we are as a generation that we have the technology to be able to access New Japan World. Or a pivot share service like a Progress or the WWE Network, if that's more your style.
1: Yeah, you know we are we completely are just, spoiled. It is, it is true. We are,
0: we are spoiled, freaking rotten, and that's why it gets me so aggravated when I see a lot of you know people that tend to especially focus on WWE and the negativity. There is so much good out there in the wrestling world. Why focus on that? Understand that it's easy to, you know, get an audience based off of. Just griping about Vince McMahon's booking decisions every week. I yeah. understand that that's easy, but you know why do that and not dedicate your time to something that is even better? Yeah, you know,
1: hundred percent. I'm with you on that. I spent this last year. Um, obviously, I got a lot very into New Japan on the road to Wrestle Kingdom last year. Um, being the time that I sort of got into it, and I spent the last year. Trying it's so hard to get as many people as I can who hate on WWE and and watch it and every week and say I don't know why I watch this shit. It's, it's you know it's it's not entertaining. I don't like what's going on. Or that's a load of bollocks. Brock Lesnar this and Vince McMahon that. And I spent the last year telling people you need to start watching New Japan. You need to do this. Um, progress is my next thing. I've got my friends watching New Japan. I'm happy now. They're all excited for Wrestle Kingdom. They're all they all they know all the names now. They're all happy with all the storylines. They love every event that they see. Progress is my next goal for my friends because um, I, I've got them to watch Chapter 80 with me uh, last month when that happened. Uh, well, this month when we're recording when that happened. Um, that's my next goal now to get everyone into progress because. Like we, like you just said there, we're sport for choice, but it's not the same type of wrestling. You want to watch punk, rock and roll, wrestling, you go to progress. You want to watch the, the, the strong style, you watch some New Japan. You want to watch something fun, something a bit quirky, you like comic books, that sort of stuff, you like superheroes, Chikara. There's so much out there for us now. Um, and like you said, we are completely spoiled. Um, Podcast-wise... You obviously listen to Omega Luke. What other podcasts do you like to listen to? I've seen you around the Wilfred watches chats a few times. Is there any more that you like tuning into?
0: Um, Got to shout out my boy, Smart to Death. Um, love their show. Love Wilfred and everything that he does. Just his site where he has the New Japan calendar up. Just everything that he has had. Help me actually be able to get full-time into New Japan. Yeah. Um, also, there's another podcast. It's called The Being the Elite, This is Awesome, or Watching the Elite, This is Awesome podcast, where they actually go through, and they have done a watch-along of the entire Being the Elite series. And they did this as a project up to All In, and they've still been keeping up with it. And it's pretty cool to get them get their commentary on being the elite, which I'm actually kind of jealous that I didn't think of that idea first because yeah, I was awesome. there and watch and watch being the elite marathons. And my husband is like, I swear if I got to hear about Kenny and his DM one more time, <laughs> 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 but I listen to that. I listen to some of the more old school ones like Don Tony and Kevin Castle, Solomonster going in raw. Um, Fightful sean ross Sapp and his amazing work that he has continued to do you know just knocking it out the park this year yeah when when a certain uncle dave has been very wrong on some things
2: yeah
0: (laughs) this year very wrong
1: (laughs) yeah good old uncle dave i'm quite interested to see um what uncle dave scores this wrestle kingdom um after the last after this last year because there's been some very weird choices like you say, there's been some five star matches that i was quite surprised with but there's also been some four and a half star matches which i was shouting my roof off because they were five stars for me but okay yeah. let's go into the killer cross and um tell me when you first seen him and how this love for him come about for you
0: okay so Impact started doing this storyline of there's this mystery attacker who's laying out everybody from Jimmy Jacobs to you know Petey Williams to everybody backstage at Impact and he's leaving this card behind with which is an which is basically a target symbol yeah. in a way. And so I'm intrigued at this point. Who is this monster that Impact is bringing in? Who is this guy? And so I start trying to find information online, of course, because that's what I do. If I want to know more, I'm going to find it. Yeah. So then they reveal him on an episode where he's dressed as a cop and he's arresting Petey Williams because Petey Williams is accused of being the attacker when it really isn't Petey. It's, of course, Cross. Yeah. And so they do this reveal of him, and they show him holding up the card with his centaur tattoo on the back, with, the, with those insane sick tattoos of his showing. And that was it. He just had to say, you should probably call the police. And with that line, I was hooked. And so I start watching every week. And what I do is I like to lurk. Like, I don't like to, you know, start interacting or trying to interact with a wrestler right away. I just like to observe and see how they interact with their fans, how they are, you know, Yeah, I'm exactly the
1: same, to be fair, yeah.
0: You know, like, I just want to step back and see. Because if I give you my endorsement, It means something. It's coming from a place of sincerity and authenticity. It's not just bull crap to kiss your ass.
2: Yeah.
3: It's
0: because I I really legitimately think that you deserve the freaking world. Yeah. And so I started doing that. And then it got to a point where just me rewatching his clips on Impact's YouTube channel wasn't enough. So then one day I decided to shoot him a tweet. Or I tag him in a tweet, not even thinking that I'm going to get a response from it. And he sells and I, ask, Where can I see some more of this guy's work? And so he links me to his website. And get this he set up his own website where he has a black book of his upcoming dates, he has all of his social media, all of his merchandise, even a backstory on the cross character itself, and all of his pretty much all of his work up to this point is chronologically in order on his youtube channel and all of this is in one place yeah which is so smart oh yeah because not a lot of guys are doing that and not a lot of guys are having the foresight to think okay one day i'm going to be on tv and everybody's going to be like who is killer cross
1: yeah and it's perfect for people like you being introduced to him and and sort of almost like becoming mesmerized by this person who is this and wanting to know more it is perfect for someone like you to for him to have that for them to go here you go and then that is you know you can search that there's you know everything that's on there and and study it and get to know that person so much more to then fall in love with that person even more as a character and, and to know the backstory and their upcoming events and something like that i don't think we see that um enough from, from wrestling. No, we don't.
0: No, we don't. And the fact that he has his, pretty much his entire backlog of promos that he has done in chronological order that he adds to constantly, and he's always creating new content, new highlight packages, everything. Dude is constantly putting out content and material. And I sat there and I watched that YouTube channel playlist probably about three or four times just getting to learn the character and learn more about him and I still have not been able to crack the code with him. Yeah. And that's <laughs> what I love with him is that you can't crack the code. Like once you think you have all the answers, he changes the questions. Yeah. And I love a character like that because in this day and age there are so many carbon copies out there that are the same wrestler with the same gear, same hair, same everything. And it, it all gets lost because there is so much wrestling out there. But Cross, no matter what type of box you try to put him in, he always finds a way out of it.
1: Yeah. He's and, very interactive on Twitter, which I really like about him as well, but it's almost like very mysterious the way he does it.
0: It is. With him, I find with hints and interactions with me, like sometimes, sometimes he does open up and he gets, you know, kind of a little more personal. And then other times, it's straight in character. Yeah. It's, you know, and I like to try to play along with him sometimes. You know, when I try to, you know, push the fact that Impact is going to be on tonight. You know, like I'll try to unleash my inner cross on Twitter. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of style it that way you know because i think this guy is could easily be the future of this business given the right opportunity given all of his hard work and what he has done up to this point yeah you know with everything from his legitimate business combat sports background bare knuckle boxing in canada to almost going pro but then deciding no i want to you know pursue my dream of professional wrestling yeah instead you know it's just
1: yeah he's awesome and he's one of the he's probably one of the guys from the indie scene that i want to get on the podcast um as a guest the most because i'm so intrigued by him I, I don't have the the subscription for Impact Wrestling, so I I see certain events. I've seen Slammiversary and and things like that. But he's one of the guys that um are really intrigued me by. Um, what do you think about his sort of partnership with Scarlett Bordeaux? Are you are you a fan of Scarlett Bordeaux, or are you one of these? Are you a jealous person of Scarlett Bordeaux because of the way she has
3: Killer Cross? Let
0: me tell you something. Scarlett Bordeaux is queen, and anybody that says otherwise, uh, me and you got a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Because I have loved Scarlett since she was in House of Truth, which is way back in the day. Um, Matt Taven, Truth Martini, Jay Lethal, that group, whenever she was one of the House of Truth hotties. Yeah. I loved her back then. And the fact that Scarlet, somebody that's a longtime favorite of mine, has now joined forces with Killer Cross, something that actually me and Carrie, and I think Christina, we actually sat there one day on Twitter, and we went through like who we would put Cross with, because I put two and two together. I was looking at a picture of Cross, and I said, oh my God, natural born killers. And I put the poster of the movie next to this picture on twitter and then it started the conversation of who would be the maori yeah and i of course said scarlet bordeaux i said it's perfect it's like bonnie and clyde she sets him up he knocks him down
1: i think you are the reason they are together courtney i really do <laughs> <laughs> you never I, know
0: i i I'm, you never know and Impact is one of those companies that they do, you know, watch their social media. They watch everything. So, you know, I like to kind of sit back and just say, maybe so, yeah, maybe so.
1: Now, I'm also a big fan of of Scarlett Bordeaux. um, Obviously, because she is also one of the most beautiful women on the planet um, is another reason why I like Scarlett Bordeaux. But I really do like that partnership that they that they have. Um, Okay, so this is now your floor courtney how would you sort of fantasy book killer cross being introduced into new japan
0: okay so first off straight out the gate we've got to say that he is a part of suzuki game yeah because him and suzuki both have the pancreas background both stables have a pin both him and all the members of the stable have a pension for hyper violence. Yep. Young lion murder. Murder of anyone on the roster that gets in their way. Yeah. And it's a match made in heaven or hell depending on which side of Suzuki Goon you're on.
1: <laughs> yeah, God's dream. It's perfect.
0: And and also not only that Him and Lance Hoyt and Killer Elite Squad have already worked together in FSW in Las Vegas. They're already familiar with each other. They already know each other. So he's got kind of that built-in person to be, you know, the mediator when he does get there as well behind the scenes. And also, there's Killer Elite Squad, Killer, Killer Cross, on you know. So the way that I would do this is I would kind of do this in the same vein that they did the Switchblade videos. But except for with this, what you're going to do is you're going to have this room set up with all these clocks and old school TVs with different clips of different propaganda promoting Doomsday and the apocalypse coming, right? Because Killer Cross is the new beginning. He is the unholy father father of time, right? Love that. He told me. So... What you're going to do is you're going to have these videos show of this just room, and you just see this shadowy figure, and you don't know who it is. And the face is not going to be revealed up until Cross has revealed himself, kind of like they did with Switchblade. So you're going to show these videos equidistant time spaces from each other, like one one month, then one the next month, then one the next month. Yeah. And you're going to start with 11 The clock is going to end on the screen with a clock at 11.57 for the first one. And then it's going to progress till we hit midnight. And say midnight would be Wrestle Kingdom this year.
3: Yeah.
0: And you've got Suzuki and Killer Elite Squad victorious with the never six-man belts, right? Yep. So that video hits. And, of course, you've got Suzuki and Killer Elite Squad playing dumb. Like, who the hell is this dude? But then Cross comes down to the ring, just beats the holy hell out of whoever their fallen and prone opponent is. Yeah. Plus the Young Lions. Suzuki starts laughing. That signature evil laugh of his.
1: Yeah, that is creepy, by the way.
0: Like... I know who this guy is. We know who he is. He's with us. And then that starts how you would how I would do it up to this point if we're using current storylines as a guide. Yeah. And also what I would do is is I would put cross put him with that never open weight belt. And here's why. This serves two purposes. One gets a belt on cross Two, elevates that belt because that belt has suffered yeah. a lot. And it needs somebody who is, pun very much intended, a killer to go on a killer run with that belt of nine months of just annihilation and make people care about that belt again. Yeah, That's what those belts need. The belts like the IC title and the belts like the never six man and the never... Open weight title. They need runs like that. They need runs where somebody is just unstoppable, so that people care more. Definitely. You know we can't we can't keep hot potato in these belts like this because that's how you get you know dilution of a title and what it means and what it's supposed to stand for.
3: Yeah.
0: then never belt in particular already has competition even further because of the introduction of the U.S. title. So. That's how I would do
1: it. It's very weird that you've um, said that because I have my notes here um, and this is my very w- vague way of doing it. By the way, would you have uh, Scarlett Bordeaux come in and join him as well or would you just have Killer Cross separate as, 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 as his own person?
0: It, that depends because it depends on what image do you want to give him. Do you want to give him just the straight psychopath who is capable of no human emotion? Or do you want to maybe give him that human emotion? It just depends on which character direction you want to go with. Personally, myself, I would maybe bring her in later. Start him off as full-blown killer, Cross, who doesn't give a crap. who He's got a dive bomb on his head to get what he wants. And then maybe bring her in. And then you have Miho and Scarlet in the same stable. Suzuki Goon. That's every man's dream. It's truly Ichiban. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's
1: perfect for me. I love that idea of. I think you've really hit the nail on the head there because bring him in as this absolute murderous killer, like you said, win that belt, and then. Later on, give him a bit of human character and add add to his character instead of when that, not to say it would get boring, but when you've played that killer person for long enough, then just add in Scarlet Bordeaux and give him that bit of human emotion because they're very like affectionate in the ring, I think just gives a completely different dynamic to him and not make him relevant again, but changes him. Um, to make it uh, different and interesting again, um, yeah, it, like it I just said, keeps it fresh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I said, it's very weird um, the way you you've brought it in because this is my notes, okay? Uh, very vague okay. way of doing it. I would bring him in at New Year's Dash, so a day after what you would, and I'd have Scarlet Bordeaux come out first during a match um, with Kota Ibushi and someone. From suzuki Goon. And I'd have Killer Cross. Uh, come out through the crowd. While Koto Ibushi is distracted. By Scarlet Bordeaux. And I'd have that person. I'd have him distracted. And then attacked. By Killer Cross. And I think the perfect person. Is Ibushi. Because he has the never open weight match. Which uh, I think he will win. At Wrestle Kingdom. And, and have the belt. And then that way, you can bring him in into a fairly reasonably high regard, going for a title, without sort of leapfrogging the rest of the roster, who probably deserve to be up there with the other belts. And I'd probably have him eventually take the belt off, off Koto Ibushi. And then as the other Suzuki goons who... I don't think Suzuki goon is very weird. They They don't have, like, huge single guy. They have Killer Elite Squad as tags. Um, but Suzuki isn't exactly the biggest of guys, and Zack Sabre Jr. is more technically sound, although all three of them with Taichi is um, heavyweights. I think kid across could be that huge singles guy. Um, and like you said, he could elevate that never open weight belt and just go on a dominant reign with it, and I'd love to see that. That is very similar to how I would book him as well. So that's very weird that we've both done that.
0: That is weird. I just, great minds think alike, dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, and that was my point, too, is if I'm going to book this, I'm not going to sit here and get greedy and say, okay, the first thing he's doing is he's getting the IWGP heavyweight title (laughs) because that's not how that works. He comes in, beats Omega. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I try to when i sit here and i try to think of something to book it, i sit here and think you know from all facets how you can hit it and that's one of those things where you can. Yeah. And it it also leaves open a a pathway for Naito and maybe the IC title that i hope that he wins from Jericho because as much as i love Jericho and he's the goat and everything Unless he's going to be more dedicated to New Japan, we need that belt off of him. Oh, you know,
1: I could not agree more with you there. Could not agree more with you. I love Jericho to Pieces, and what he does every year where he reinvents himself is amazing. But I love the fact he came to New Japan. I love the fact that he won the IC belt to begin with because I thought we'd see more of him, but we didn't, and that is my only problem with it. I'd love to see Naito have his comeuppance at Wrestle Kingdom, win that belt back. And um, I don't want to see Jericho leave, by all means. I want him to stick around. I'd like to see him go against Okada, maybe go against Tanahashi, and go against all of the big guys from um, New Japan, but maybe stay away from the title picture.
0: Yeah, I think that's more of a fit for him than being necessarily a title holder there. Somebody yeah. that can go in and just have these amazing matches and these amazing feuds with all of your top stars, like you said, with Okada. Um, maybe even this is one thought that I've had: Jericho versus Ibushi. Oh yeah. That's I mean, c- I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, you have, like, all these opportunities for all these great dream matches that we thought we would never get to see in a million years. I yeah. mean, if five years ago you would have told me, okay, Chris Jericho is going to be the intercontinental champion of New Japan, I would have asked you, what are you smoking? Because I want pumps? <laughs> you know, at that point in time. Yeah. But now everything is so topsy-turvy, you know. And also, you know, like we've got to also keep a clear path for Switchblade too because he's one guy that I really want to see with that IC belt.
1: Yeah. I'd like to see him with another belt because um, any other belts because the the US title, when he won it off Omega, I was gutted because obviously Omega at the time was my favorite wrestler. Um, Sort of still is now. But I then sort of came to realise very quickly that, oh, they're pushing Omega for the main belt. That's fine. Yes, give the belt to Jay White. Lift him as a character. I wanted to see Jay White have that US belt all the way up until this Wrestle Kingdom. That's what I was hoping for. Um, Obviously, we didn't get that. That's a shame. But the fact that he's in a main event storyline, I am absolutely fine with now we've really put the spotlight on Jay White these last few months since the G1 Um, and I really love the way that they have booked him Um, very weird how they went about it with the Gado and everything Um, sort of uh, like disrespecting and and, um, going against Okada after all those years but I'm fine with that, I never had anything wrong with that, I probably wouldn't have done that myself but I wasn't against it by all stretch of the imaginations, but I love the fact that we had Okada being knocked down as the leader of Chaos, and we're still waiting to find out who the mole was and all of this sort of stuff and, and the, the very clever way well, that they're doing. You got, Who, who, who a, are you saying it's going to be the mole?
0: I have a theory on the mole. Okay. And it has to do with something that Tomatonga said on IG Live yesterday. Right. Okay. When he was discussing the um the whole block party that they're having in yeah. New Jersey. And he basically insinuated that Chase and Hugh are on a mission. Right. And so my theory is is that like I said kind of in the beginning that maybe there is no mole chaos and maybe this is a evil plan. To kind of get inside there and get inside everybody's head and have everybody looking sideways at each other.
3: Yeah. To make an not impression trusting each, each other.
0: other to make it implode all the while the real mole is right in front of our face and Yujiro Takahashi and Chase on the case.
1: Yeah. yeah and maybe.
0: And that's what I've thought. And I've also thought that maybe the mole is yoked. Because if you remember during the G1, Switchblade was trying to be the devil on his shoulder the entire G1, trying to get him to cheat, trying to get him to use underhanded tactics. And towards the end, you know, you kind of started to see that Yo was starting to get what Switchblade was saying. Yeah. And then in a backstage comment here recently, Yo said he was gonna let everything out at the Tokyo Dome. That's true. And I said, "Oh my God, if it's you, Yo, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know if I could handle that." For and then there's also the theory that it could be Rocky.
1: Yeah, I've heard that one. I, I'm not. I'm not sure about that one. My thinking I'm like, is that it's gonna be Yoshihashi. We haven't seen Yoshihashi well, for a while. Do anything, really? What's he done since the G one? Nothing.
0: Well, I mean, that's because he kind of pulled a Titus O'Neil and kind of injured himself almost grievously. Oh, God, that was so funny. That I was, was so like, funny. I was sitting here, I was laughing, and then I saw him busted open. I said, "Oh no, yeah, <laughs> I said, oh no, we can't laugh at this anymore. We can't laugh at this. You will go to hell for that." got oh,
1: it. We didn't get a good camera angle of it, though.
0: Yeah, because everything that they've done ever since, they've just zoomed out really quick. Yeah. If you've, ever, if you've seen the stuff that they posted on YouTube, they've just, they've cut that crap out. Yeah. And the funniest part of that whole thing was when, I can't remember who it was on commentary, on Japanese commentary, was like, oh, he fell. The stage is very steep. And I think I'm it was like, Chris
1: Charlton. I think it might have been Chris Charlton. Maybe. Yeah.
0: And I'm sitting here dying. Yeah. Like, I'm going to <laughs> hell for this. <laughs> my
1: my idea for Yoshihashi is that, one, um, he hasn't had much going on. So it would be good to put him in that spotlight. Um, but two, he came through the Young Lion system exactly the same time as Okada. He also returned to New Japan roughly the same time as Okada. He's been very much in Okada's shadow. And I think it's the perfect person to use as a mole because it's almost like I've been in your shadow all this time. You've done nothing for me but hold me back. Now it's sort of my time and he's the reason why um, this whole chaos deformation thing has happened. I think that would be a really good storyline.
2: Yeah,
0: and it's kind of perfect too because it shows everybody's, that has betrayed Okada, the reason why they betrayed him is because of his success.
3: Yeah, definitely.
0: And, you know, with Jay going straight for the jugular, knowing the second that he stepped foot into chaos, telling Okada he was coming for him, and Okada just laughed at him. Yeah. And now it's like, who's laughing now, Okada? Now your entire stable, your best friend, the guy that was almost like your surrogate father for years, has stabbed you in the back. I've taken all of this and now I'm gonna take one more person away from you in Yoshihashi who feels the exact same way that I do. Yeah. And it's that perfect character motivation, you know? And that's what you need. It doesn't need to be just any rhyme just throw it out there randomly, like, Oh, the the mole is show. Okay? Yeah. It's show and, and it's just for a random reason. Yeah. You've it's not give it for a good any motivation. To do
1: it. Exactly. But that's that's sort of how I would see it. Courtney, I've got a question for you. You have a certain person, Court J. White, who is a big fan of a poem that you have written. Would you like to tell me more about the poem that you wrote?
0: Um, Well, Cross actually started the ball on this because I was sitting there one night and I used to write poetry and stuff like that when I was in high school and college and I haven't written anything in years yeah and so then one night just, to, just start rhyming something about cross and then it just spilled out and then ever since then I've just kept going and the poem that I wrote for Jay and his character I kind of pictured it as something that almost someone could say in a video package or a promo yeah that's how I kind of go about them, and the fact that he actually liked it—I'm—I'm I'm not gonna lie—I was about high as a kite for a few <laughs> days because he—he he never likes anything really. No, you know, he's
1: the opposite to Cross. He's very inactive on Twitter unless it's storyline yeah, based.
0: Yeah, it's storyline based. Not, not only that, and too, i think he just. You know, he wants his free time. Yeah. He just, he isn't that big, you know, as far as a social media guy. Yeah. Because it, it's really one or the other these days. It's really, somebody's really friendly and really interactive or somebody is just, you know, they're just on it just every now and again. Yeah. Just to check in, say I'm alive and that's it.
1: Yeah, I agree. But your poem, I've read it. It is fucking awesome. Um, it is about the switchblade jay white and his character i'm gonna leave a link in the description anyway for for people to check out and i'll tweet it out as well because it needs more eyes frankly um it's on a website am i right in saying you've got your own website for it
0: yeah um it's strong style poetry that's all in one word dot wordpress.com and that name came from of course my love of Wrestle in Japanese, and then in Japanese wrestling and Japanese culture, period. Yep. Um, then it needed a tagline, and so I just said, Let's get cutesy with it. Poetry about the graps that gets the snaps as a tribute to the poetry jam sessions they used to have back in the day. And yeah. the graps that's what we call it in the Brit wrestling, scene, right? Yep, <laughs>
1: that is true. Good old graps. But that is an awesome yeah. poem. I will definitely send out uh, the links on the descriptions and also tweet it out because, um, just like Jay White, I've thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Um, how would you then go about this this Jay White storyline once this ends with Okada? How, are you, how would you book Jay White going forward?
0: Okay, so New Year's Dash, Naito has won the IC belt, right? Yeah. And instead of Jericho coming out and attacking him again, this time it's Jay, the Tongans, Jado, Gato, everybody is just out there to decimate him. And it starts this war between L.I.J. and the Bullet Club, yeah. OG. Because that's already kind of started in a way. When you remember Tama telling Evil and Sonata, I'm going to make you good, boy. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> so we've already kind of started that in a way. So then, piggybacking off of that, then we're going to have Jay going for that Intercontinental title because now he wants that as a way to get redemption and right that wrong when he didn't win it from Tanahashi. Yeah. So you're kind of, you're killing two birds with one stone. And yes, I will still say that, PETA. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so that's how I would do it and have him chase Naito for it for a few months. Make his life hell, you know. Make L.I.J.'s life a living hell. Attack them backstage. Do what you have to do. You know, if we got to do another G1 of just the Bullet Club making New Japan's life a living hell to do this, do it. Yeah. And, and this way, Jay ends up winning it maybe sometime around.
1: Dominion maybe.
0: Maybe, maybe Dominion or, or post-G1 sometime in that time frame. Yeah. And have him go on a big run with it. And elevate him and that belt at the same time, like we said earlier with Cross and the Never Belt. Yeah. And use that as his stepping stone to his next feud of if Okada maybe has the belt at that point, go after Okada for the IWGP heavyweight title. Yeah. You know, like use this as a journey as a stepping stone because we don't want to overload Jay too quickly and give him too much too soon. No. Because then that can have the burnout effect. We want to make this a slow burn kind of rise and just New Japan's growing problem of Jay White that they're going to eventually have to be confronted with. Because he started out the year as just the problem child that, you know, that like Tana is just exasperated with at this point. Yeah. You know, to now he's a legitimate threat. And you keep building upon that threat and making it even greater. And what I love about this whole Jay White and Bullet Club thing is that this goes back years.
1: Yes, with Bad Luck Fale.
0: Jay White is basically the progeny of Prince Devitt. Yeah. Because Prince Devitt was the one who gave Jay White, a young Jay White, a New Japan business card, and set him up and helped him get to the dojo with Fale and the Tongans. So this goes all the way back and it's one of those New Japan Game of Thrones storyline deals where it's just, it's, it's art in a way. Like this is, this is just an artistically done storyline where you have this, this young up and and coming villain who is going to just take over and grab this company by the throat if you want.
1: Yeah, definitely. I love and, Jay White. I love his character and I, I like that. I like the sound of that. I,
0: I just this this boy like I just I'm like how how at this at this young jeez <laughs> like the way that they're turning out these young kids like Millie McKenzie who's you know not even 20 years old yet and no, you've got
1: she's outstanding
0: and you've got Tony Storm and Jenny and you know all of these young kids that are just I'm like at this point we're going to be training them when they're 10 years old
1: yeah no, nah, <laughs> very true um, Wrestle Kingdom then let's preview this uh, this event this an outstanding card that we have coming up. Is there any matches that you're... It's a stupid question, really, because every match, like we said, is, is a main event to us. Is there any matches you're not looking forward to? Because to me, there isn't.
0: No. I'm looking forward to this entire card, top to bottom. Yeah. And, you know, I really want to see Suzuki win something for once. Because... As everybody knows on Twitter, I have a joke. I call Suzuki dad Yeah, because, because I love him so much. And I think he really deserves and has earned for all the stuff that he does, you know, on his free time to, you know, helping out the young lions before he commits young lion murder, that is. Yeah. <laughs> You know, working with them out in the ring before shows and everything he deserves some respect and his stable deserves to have some gold yeah you know instead of being the one that eats the pin, you know yeah like, well they do like we need
1: currently have the super junior um tag team belts which they've had for a very long time do you think they will come out of wrestle kingdom with those belts
0: see that's that's a tough one to call like those tag matches are so hard to call this year I
2: agree. like
0: the one the one that i'm kind of more certain on is the iwgp heavyweight because i think that that one's either staying on god or it's going to lij one or the other
1: yeah don't, think I, I don't it at all
0: I don't think the bucks are having it at all because with all the all elite wrestling you know smoke storm that's brewing with yeah. that you know you it's just it's so tough but I would love to see of course little Dusty keep them belt
1: the the US
0: or the wait doesn't don't despy doesn't despy have the junior belt yes in suzuki yeah he does yeah yeah
1: him and yeah because uh,
0: yeah, i love despy
1: <laughs> he is such a talent when i've seen him live i've really started to appreciate him
2: Definitely.
0: i love the way Des- despy is the perfect little best friend in suzuki yeah like when they're trying to cause trouble and mayhem out in the crowd, he's the one that just grabs the referee away (laughs) and it's just like, come here, let's take a walk. Nothing to see here.
1: So you think they're going to walk out with the belts?
0: Mm, I'm going to follow my heart and just say, Suzuki, gunichi Siobhan, they got to do it.
1: (laughs) Okay. I think they will get the belts on LIJ and Shingo. Uh, for this, for this match, the 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 junior tag match, I think Shingo's has come in. He's he's impressed a lot of people, and I think it will be a bit of a crowning moment for him. I mean, we've seen him recently have a match against Umino, was it Shota Umino? Yeah, it was. Yeah, which was an incredible match for someone who was wrestling a young lion. But that's also props to Shota Umino, who I think could be. We're looking at the next five years. Um, one of the the big New Japan guys, um, but I think yeah, I, I'm, I I reckon we're gonna have a very good night for Lij at Wrestle Kingdom. I've got a feeling we will come out with Let's a new see. Intercontinental Champion in in uh, Naito, and I think we're gonna come out with Junior Belts um, on Bushi and Shingo. Whether we will yeah. get the heavyweight tag team belts as well, I would be more than happy for that to happen. But I've if I had to pick, I think they're staying on G O D because I can't see them holding the six band tag um at the start. So yeah. I think they'll keep the heavyweight belts.
0: Yeah. And speaking of L I J, there are the rumors are going crazy. That Hiromu might be at Wrestle Kingdom,
3: oh, I'd and love there to was see a
0: bit, vi- and there was a video posted. I think Kanahashi posted it on IG where it showed where it may be Hiromu, but we're not totally 100 percent completely sure of Hiromu possibly running the ropes at the dojo. Wow! So
1: that's I'm awesome. sitting
0: here crossing all my fingers and all my toes come back to soromu because i miss him I, I
1: miss him so much too that match he had against taiji shimori for the super juniors final is my underappreciated match of the year 100 i love that match so much i remember i we watched it accidentally so when i was trying to get my friends in into uh, new japan we were going to watch Dominion two thousand and seventeen before we watched Dominion two thousand and eighteen the weekend after. So I sat my friends, said they all come up my house and said, "Right, let's let's try and find Dominion." Then could not work Dominion. Don't know why it didn't work, but two thousand and seventeen Dominion did not want to load. Don't know why. Still to this day, I don't know because the next day I, it worked perfectly. So I was puzzled. So I got so annoyed. I said, "Oh, do you want to just watch the the best of the Super Junior final?" Instead, they were like, yeah, fed up of trying to wait now on New Japan World, wouldn't work, because the app's very broken on the Fire Stick. Um, so we just went with it, went for the Super Junior Final. Fuck me, I'm so glad that Dominion 2017 didn't work, because although we would have seen one of the greatest matches ever in Omega Okada, the 60-minute limit draw, we got to see the Super Junior Final, Hiromi Takahashi and Taiji Shimori. In what a super junior final that was. And it really made me fall in love with Hiromu.
0: Yeah. And Hiromu is just so talented and just can just get in there. And if you blink, you're going to miss something. Yeah. And I just hope that if he is coming back and I just hope that maybe he's kind of gotten in there and maybe modified his style a little bit. Yeah. Because, you know, like, I have the same concerns with Osprey sometimes. You know, like, he just goes so hard and just... Takes
1: so many risks.
0: Takes so many risks and everything, you know, and it's like, come on, guys. I know we want to go out there and we want to put on these amazing matches, but we got to start thinking about our bodies and, yeah, you know, how they're going to be when we're, you know, older.
1: Yeah, Definitely but now if that if those rumors are true and we do see hiromu at wrestle kingdom what innovation he's going to get i did get very watery eyed when um LIJ was in the ring at g1 um and they brought in his jacket and did the tranquilo sign that was a very heartfelt moment i must admit
0: yeah i i, I cried because both me and hiromu have a bond and that bond is cats yeah. we <laughs> We both love cats, and I even posted it up on my Instagram one day for his birthday. And I said, Today's quote of the day comes from the birthday boy, Harumu Takahashi, who said that cats can truly save the world. <laughs> 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 Do you like I like it. I, I don't think he saw it because no. I think he's been kind of, ever since he was injured, if it's not a diary entry or. You know, just something random. You know, you're really not going to hear from him. Yeah, and I find that a lot with with Japan and injuries because they don't really disclose anything to the detail that WWE does. Yeah, definitely. and I don't I don't really understand if that as of yet. I don't understand this anyway. I don't know if that's a cultural thing of where just injuries and illness and sickness are just you know kind of cloistered from public view. Yeah. But it is kind of frustrating in a way because, you know, like with a lot of the, you know, negativity that have, that has come towards Kenny Omega. Hello? The actual bridge, you know, yep. it's never, and it's never disclosed. Yeah. You know, so people can't know, hey, this is why they're – taking a back seat you know that's one frustration i have with New japan it's just that they're not as upfront and they're not as you know open with us about talent injuries, so that we know what's going on you know it's really up to the talent themselves to disclose that
3: yeah no i
1: know what you mean and um it sort of gets you in the loop of well are we gonna see them when are we gonna see them that sort of thing um with with new japan and, and and their injuries but Let's go back to Wrestle Kingdom then. Um, match that I'm probably most excited for. And it sort of became a dream match for a lot of people uh, this summer. Slash coming into the fall. Um, and we're going to see it already. New Japan listened. We are going to see Will Ospreay take on Koto Ibushi for that never open weight belt. What do you think about this match, Courtney? Um, of
0: course that has to go with the Busan. on. Yep. he just he just won that belt. He just got it, and for them to just take it off of him at this point, to me, I don't see really any value in it. Yeah, you know, this is a dream match as it is, so people are going to go home happy, either way it goes. But you know, why take it off of Ibushi when you just gave it to him, and he's just had this banner year of reuniting with kenny and you know having this new chance with a belt in new japan you know despite the fact that he's a freelancer and runs away from a contract quicker than you can blink <laughs>
1: you know and that's at any company not just new japan
0: <laughs> yeah ask vince mcmahon yeah <laughs>
1: i mean wwe have got they... kicking their feet that they couldn't sign Kotobushi after the year he's had. What a breakout year it's been. Not really for Kotobushi himself, but for people becoming aware of how good Kotobushi really is.
0: Yeah, he is so good. It's insane, which kind of fits him a little bit. All i got to say is this. New Japan had better tell him before that match, no jumping off balconies. We do not want to be banned from the Tokyo (laughs) Dome. (laughs)
1: That's true. (laughs) No, I'm but, I'm in but... agreement with you. I think Kotobushi will take um, this match and keep the never-open weight belt. Um, which I don't think is a bad thing at all for Will Ospreay. He's only just made the step up to heavyweight matches. So uh, I think it's just a match for the fans this one. and We're going to be in for a treat. And it's opening uh, the Tokyo Dome after the Rumble. Obviously the main show It is the opening match I hear. So that is going to be pretty special for an opening match
0: yeah that's what... going to be the thing that's going to wake us americans up for sure oh yes
1: yeah if you're not awake before that match you will be awake after that is for sure what about then we've spoke about the intercontinental intercontinental match we both think um will pick up the win there what about the u.s title belt where we have cody rhodes we have juice robinson once again Who's taking this one for
0: you? I've got to go with Juice. Yeah. Because Juice after the G1 that he had the heartbreaking G1 that he had, you know, where he wanted so much more and he had that hand injury and couldn't couldn't use his hand in matches, you know, I think this is once again kind of a chance at redemption. And a chance at solidifying himself as more than just the flamboyant guy that comes out and just likes to have a good time that can actually go out there and work and get the job done. And I think him winning against Cody is the perfect way to do that.
1: Yeah, I agree. The only thing that stops me from thinking that is that Cody is such a big star now. And to Western audiences... New Japan know that he's a big star, which I think why they put the belt on him. Cody also lost at last year's Wrestle Kingdom, obviously to Kota Ibushi. That's the only thing that's sort of in my head putting doubts that Juice will win, because I do think Juice will take the title back off Cody. Um, I suppose as well, it has a, a massive thing to do with what the the Bucks, the Elite, and uh, and 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 Cody are all obviously doing after wrestle kingdom and after their contracts run out so that's that's gonna have a massive thing to do with it as well yeah
0: i i agree i think a lot of the match outcomes are gonna tell us a lot about yeah kenny's future the bucks cody all of those guys i think a lot of these match results come january 4th are gonna tell us a lot about the future
1: yeah 100% Hundred percent agree with you there. We've touched on other matches, but I want to know the main event for you. What do you think? Uh, we we briefly mentioned it there. Kenny Omega versus the G one winner, the Ace Tanahashi. Who's winning this for you?
0: Um, I want to I want to say Kenny is going to retain because I think this is in a way his crowning moment because you have these two different ideologies of the older mindset of the elders of new Japan versus this new ideology of this guy who, who has come in and he has just n- turned this company on its head, you know? Yeah. And for his way to be proven right and him to win it's just a crowning moment and maybe tana will say maybe you are right and then move on to more of a more scaled back role in new japan because i honestly think tana needs that because his body is just you know starting to fall apart yeah. you know him with with that knee that he's always dealing with and
1: the bicep
0: And the bicep always taped up, you know, like, I think this would be the perfect chance to do that. And I think Kenny is going to end up signing a small extension because up to this point, I haven't heard anything as far as him being involved in the business end of all elite wrestling. I've heard mostly that being discussed for the Bucks and Cody. Yeah. So I think at least up until the point that they need him to come in, if he were to come in and leave New Japan, for all elites, I think he's going to sign a short term extension and maybe be with them up to Dominion G1. Yeah,
2: maybe. Possibly. I don't
0: think he's necessarily leaving the second, you know, the clock strikes midnight on January 4th, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I can't I don't, actually I don't see think... him leaving New Japan at all. I genuinely think um, Kenny loves work in japan and i think he's he's found a home in new japan and the all the elite um the all the elite wrestling i think will be something that he will do as well as new japan because i think it would be very silly if cody and the bucks decide to make their company an exclusive wrestlers only i think the reason why they have been so successful and they know that, is because they've been able to work Ring of Honor, New Japan, all the companies that happen in in England and, you know, I, I've seen Fight Forever Wrestling had Cody. Uh, if it weren't for the fact that he was injured, he would have been wrestling. So we have all of these different companies that have made them successful on the independent scene, and I think it would be very silly of them to go against what made them successful and make their company itself exclusive just because wwe are what do you think about that yeah
0: yeah i I definitely agree i think what made all in the big success that it was was the fact that you had talent from you know mlw from impact from ring of honor from new japan from
1: progress you know yeah
0: progress and everywhere you just had everybody just this one big co-op show which is in essence what All In was. It was a co-op. It was a co-op labor of love between all of these other companies outside of WWE. And I think that's really what they're going to be going for. And that's why, you know, like they're discussing things like Cody wants a union for wrestlers, which I agree there should be at least something for wrestlers. We have too many many injuries happening and guys are caught flat-footed because, you know their booking fee pays their rent and their bills and everything else. You know, so I think that they're going to make it very wrestler friendly. Um, I've been a fan of the bucks. I don't know how long it's been over a decade. And, you know, I've seen them grow from when they were on colors, which was a dish network satellite um, satellite channel that maybe like, 5% of the subscribers of Dish Network got <laughs> and I stumble upon NWA Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and I see these two young guys the Bucks and they're just doing all these crazy insane high spots and I'm like and I said back then and that was I want to say like 1920 when I first found them and I said these guys are going to be huge one day yeah and then fast forward to now and just The thought of them having their own company with the son of Dusty Rhodes—it, it's one of those moments again where it's just surreal,
2: and it's it's like
0: is, it's crazy, and, you know, and Kenny also is recently, from what I hear, become a Japanese citizen. Yep, he lives over there. He speaks the language. He's fluent. More than I think a lot of Americans will ever be in their lives in Japanese. Yep. Loves the culture, loves the people. Well, he lives the culture
1: as well. He? He's, he's fully invested yeah. in the Japanese culture.
0: Fully invested. He's not just there just to make money off that off that country and that company and just leave. He actually loves it and it's a labor of love for him. So that's why I don't think that he's leaving. You know, a lot of people are just saying, oh, he's leaving, he's going here, he's going there. You know, like you're not really sitting there and looking at all the evidence that you have up to this point. And all the evidence that you have points to him staying, at least in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I agree. And that's why I think he will retain the belt as well. I do think Tanahashi, before he retires, will hold the belt one more time as a sort of thank you. Um, I don't think it will be a very long time, but I... I do feel like uh, this Wrestle Kingdom is not that time because Tanahashi will still be around for a little bit longer. Um, but I do think he'll he'll hold it at some point. But I completely agree with you. For me, in my eyes, Kenny is staying. Um, I don't think Marty Scal would still be in Ring of Honor if we had uh, a, an, an exclusive company with All Elite Wrestling. Um I think that is another thing to point at. Um, Hangman Page is a bit of a weird one. I don't quite understand what's going on with Hangman Page. Maybe he will look more into doing more New Japan stuff as well as All Elite Wrestling. Or maybe he has a bigger role in, in uh, All Elite Wrestling that we just don't know about. Um, but I think that's a very interesting subject. and And come maybe January 5th, we'll have a little bit more of an understanding. Who knows? Um, but yeah, this, and we're in a lot of mystery I, right now.
0: Yeah, and Matt posted. I think it was Matt because it's normally him. him He's the one that throws the grenades out there on Twitter and just makes everybody go mad. Yeah. Well, I bet. Well, I bet Nick is just sitting there. Really, he just had to.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had to over his big mouth. So
0: yeah, so he posted a a countdown clock with five days left on it.
1: Really, and what what day does that end on? Uh, New Year's Eve, uh, New Year's Day. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I so... do think we'll we'll have because doesn't it fall on the same day that being the elite, um, releases normally?
0: I think so. Yeah. Because I think they do Monday or
2: Tuesday.
1: Yeah, because when I was at um, the Fight Forever Wrestling, uh, Cody came out uh, on the Bruce Pritchard Comrade Thompson show, and a girl um, named Dawn Grace she's a follower um she put her hand up and asked Cody cut to the chase everyone's beating around the bush here what are you in the bucks doing is all, elite, all is all elite wrestling happening or are you going to WWE and he said obviously i can't explain anything now but you just need to be watching being the elite because it will all be answered on there and All I can say is the biggest risk anyone has ever took in wrestling. Now, to me, going to WWE is not a big risk because that's a guaranteed contract for stupid amounts of money. They will easily be the highest paid wrestlers ever. Um, That's not a risk. A risk is starting your own company, going against WWE, and and by the sounds of it, that's what he meant. Um, And I think that's what we're going to see maybe january 1st january 2nd or january 5th
0: yeah and and to me there is so much smoke that there is an inferno when it comes to the aw story yeah you have the the trademarks being filed the copyrights yeah. the cody and brandy being at the jacksonville jaguars game Yep. Yeah you know you just have all of this stuff happening it, at this point there is an inferno we're no longer just seeing smoke yeah. there is some fire here and there is something going on and like we were discussing with wilford this morning on twitter you know i think that at least we're going to get another all-in event next year another all-in type show yeah at least just so this to start is another off thing as with-
1: well which adds to your smoke um at this event we got to meet Cody. So I went and shook Cody's hand. Um, I asked him to do like an introduction for me, just to say you're subscribed to Omega Luke Podcast because obviously it's Cody Rhodes. Why why wouldn't you want that? And when he asked me about my podcast, by the way, Cody is one of the nicest people in wrestling I've ever met. Um, He had time for everyone, uh, as did Brandy. She was also very nice. He turned around and said to me, have you spoke to Conrad and Bruce yet? So I said, yeah, I have. And he said, well, I'm quite interested. You're from Britain. You have a wrestling podcast. If there is an all-in two, there will be a Starcast two. Go speak to Comrade because we need more British representation. Now, I didn't go speak to Comrade because I, I I couldn't just go to Comrade Thompson and just be like, oh, hey, Co- Cody told me um, I'm being part of Starcast. That's just, you know, way out of my um, courage. Uh, to do that but the fact that he said that tells me that he wouldn't say that if there was no inkling of being an all-in-two and if he's joining WWE or or anything like that then there would be no way that there would be an all-in-two so like you said no smoke without fire there's too much smoke he wouldn't say these sort of things I don't think um, if there wasn't going to happen
0: yeah and Like I said, I think if they are starting a company, they're not going to be able to get any type of television or structured television show together within a calendar year. So they're going to have to start out with something, and that something could be an all-in, too. It could be a, you know, like like how Jericho has his cruise, like an all-in cruise. It could be, you know, anything just to keep the interest and keep the fires burning with the interest while you get your television deal together, while you get your roster together.
3: Yeah. Thank you,
1: you saying that has sort of got my my head thinking. And um, what came to me then is maybe then possibly doing live events um, throughout the year, probably on Fight TV. That's how they'd like to do it with like all in. They've got like a bit of a relationship struck up with Fight TV. Maybe they'll do live events across the country, maybe different countries, who knows, um, on Fight TV, just different events, sort of pay-per-view-like, leading and carrying on a storyline, and they'll keep storylines going through being the elite, which will no no, no, um, no doubt will grow more and be involved just as much as it was with All In and the storylines within All In, um, leading to and All In 2, and like you said, that could be the catalyst and the start of their TV deal or streaming service that they have, whatever way they go about doing it.
0: Yeah, and I I've just hope that they do have a streaming service or something, some form of revenue. Because if somebody subscribes to your chan to your streaming service for like ten bucks, and you even if you get a hundred thousand subscribers, that's a million dollars of income coming in.
3: Yeah, a month. A month. Yeah.
0: Which and,
1: I could see happening easily.
0: I mean, you look at... And the the reason why I throw out 100K is because you look at the New Japan numbers. You look at the numbers to different subscription services like Honor Club and Pivot Share and different things like that. And to throw all around that number generally. Yeah. You know, some companies like Progress, of course, are going to have way more because they're Progress. Yeah. But, you know, generally... You can safely bet upon that extra income coming in. And the fans will pay for it because look at what they did with All In. The yeah. fans sold that thing out in 30 minutes.
1: 100%. So,
0: you know, there's a hunger there, there is a demand. And, you know, at this point, like you said, you know, the risk is starting on your own, not going to the safety of WWE where they have all that Fox money and they have all that USA money where at this point, even though Valor and Anderson and Gallows aren't really being utilized that much, they're financially comfortable.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: They're, they're not having to worry about the next set of bills and everything else.
1: Yeah. There is no risk. No mm-hmm. risk. Well, Courtney, I thoroughly enjoyed this um, Wrestle Kingdom special. Um, I think let's wrap it up there. We've covered a lot of ground uh, here. I've, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Can you tell the audience um, where people can find you on Twitter?
0: Okay. My Twitter handle is at havoc. It's the word villain with E-S-S at the end and havoc. It's a tribute to two of my favorite UK independent wrestlers of all time, Marty Skrull <laughs> and Jimmy Havoc. There's
1: a theme course. going on here, Courtney, isn't there, really? <laughs> of the type yeah. of wrestler.
0: Yeah, I'm a I'm definitely a heel girl. Yeah. <laughs> I've always I've always appreciated that more because it's so easy for you to just go out there and get the cheap hometown pop of Hello, New York, New York, and everybody, of course, applauds, you yeah, know. yeah. But to be a villain and to really get people to, you know, hate you, sometimes with nuclear heat, you know, to me, that's an art form. Yeah. That, like, it's easy to get people to like you. It's harder to make people despise
2: you.
1: I agree yeah make sure you give Courtney a follow on Twitter she has great opinions and everything but I'll tag her in everything and all the posts I do for this episode as well as leaving a link to that website for your poem um, to catch that Jay White poem and any other poems that you have on there as well and hopefully you'll join me again in the future Courtney was that something that um, you'd like to do um, I'd love to have of you back course. On. of course I
0: would love to this has been fun
1: definitely (laughs) well thank you very much courtney for joining me hopefully we'll hear you again soon and with booking like that by the way look out for the the fantasy booking champion because if you get a fantasy booking done like that that's going to be tough to beat for a killer cross or a jay white episode that's for sure um (laughs) but thank you very much for joining me once again courtney and speak to you soon
2: speak to you soon bye bye This is Flip Gordon, and you need to subscribe to Omega Luke Podcast.
3: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more,